This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. We are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting once again from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who's not running our country into the ground. You know, when Joe Biden got elected, they told us he'd been in Washington his whole life, so for him, being president would be like riding a bike. And uh, turns out they weren't kidding. President took a horrible spill over the weekend that is metaphorically perfect for his entire presidency up until right now. Biden sucks. We will get into it with Texas Representative Tony Gonzalez, Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich, and your fine self at 888 788 9910. You know the deal. The show is an audio safe space for cool people. You could be a Republican. You could be a Democrat. Dude, please, seriously, just don't be a. That is it. On a big Monday episode of the show, it will, of course, culminate tonight with myself on Gutfeld on the Fox News channel at 11 p.m. We're getting the band back together. Myself, Caitlyn Jenner is going to be in the house, as well as KT McFarland. Going to be a wild one. But before the show goes forward, we slam on the brakes really quick. One more shout-out to the legends at WVMT up in Vermont. Kurt and Anthony, outstanding job on their morning show. They did a pretty solid job on my show as well at the end of the day. They came on my show, and they were great. Oh, come on, I liked it. I'm kidding, they were great. John Mullen, John Mullet running the station. John Mullet, the very... Natalie attired John Mullet. Looks like a million bucks. Uh, he was a home run. It is just a first-class operation. We're honored to be a part of it. The tech side was outstanding, and it made for a very easy day. Uh, until we got to the meet-and-greet at the Spank Puppy, which is as well-run of an establishment as there is. But our crowd, uh, I love you people, but you're out of control. You know, I always say you should come to a Fox Across America event because you realize there's a lot of cool people doing what you do, listening to the show. They're fun. You know, they make fun of me. They got a lot of silly takes on the news, but they buy you way, I mean, way too many drinks. This could be a problem. I I never get this. I feel like it's the movie Selena. You know how in the movie Selena, the president of the fan club kills Selena? Well, every time I do a meet and greet, everyone's like, Jimmy, we love you. You're the best. Have 91 shots of tequila. It's crazy. Uh, but I love you people, and I'm happy to say we've made it out of there alive. So a shout-out to everybody uh, at VMT, everybody at the Spank Puppy. Uh, Roger and Pat 
Uh, you know who you are. I don't want to mispronounce your last name, but you gave us a really nice card for me and Lincoln and some wonderful candy and fudge. And I've gotten everybody's challenge coins, so thank you for that. And Crazy Dusty, who we met at the event and had me sign everything. I do mean everything. There were just so many phenomenal people. I will never forget it. Uh, my producer, Mikey, might forget it because he was hammered. Uh, but even Mikey, even Mikey can ride a bicycle in his most inebriated state better than our president can. I agree with that. So if you didn't see this viral video over the weekend, you almost had to have by now. It's just memed its, you know, self to the moon and back with Joe Biden pulling up on a bicycle and just falling on his face. The kind of fall where he didn't happen so quickly. He didn't even have an attempt to, like, shield himself on the way down. They're saying his feet were in the pedals. He forgot to take his feet out of the pedals. Like, that's some kind of an excuse. Oh, no big deal. He just forgets to take his feet out of the pedals when he parks a bicycle. Like, yo, that's not good. But the bigger issue, and I don't want to harp on this too much. I feel bad for the guy. I'm glad he didn't get hurt. But the bigger issue here is you understand We've been watching this go on, if we're being honest, for his entire presidency. But most of the media won't touch it because they don't want to tarnish, you know, the Democratic candidate. They don't want to make it look like, you know, people made a bad decision in 2020. But the thing I come back to all the time is the rest of the world does not form an opinion of the American president based on what the American press says. Bingo. They form an opinion of this president based on what he's doing. And if you listen to some of the coverage around the world when it comes to Biden. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. It's bad. Okay, I'm telling you in ways you don't comprehend on a daily basis. The way we talk about politics in this country, you know, we're usually just fighting for position. The Republicans want to be the Democrats. Democrats want to beat the Republicans. Or we're talking about, you know, the impact of policy, the impact of what's going on in the country, if it's inflation or it's gas or the border or anything in between. But there are implications never discussed, or at least not enough anyway, about what it means to our standing in the world when everybody out there knows that the president has an engine that's running, but there's really nobody, and I mean nobody, behind the wheel. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. But that conversation is now starting to happen. Okay, and again, again, you need to know this. When Biden fell three times going up the stairs to Air Force One, if this is any other president, but specifically a Republican president, they're like, oh, he's losing it. Don't forget, Trump once walked slowly down a ramp at West Point. It was a rainy ramp at West Point. He walked slowly because he didn't want to fall on his face. And the media went on for days and days. Oh, it's Alzheimer's. It's cognitive decline. Did you see his footsteps? I'm telling you, it's bad. The media is a bunch of losers. They really are. Okay. But when it comes to Biden, they don't really touch this one. They're like, oh, we don't want to do that. You know, we're, we're the bigger people here. He's fine. You know, we've all had difficulties riding bikes. One guy wrote a column on Saturday. Sure, Biden fell, but he got right back up. And that's the American spirit. That was embarrassing. Yo, the guy fell on his face because he doesn't know how to ride a bicycle. And if you're telling me he can ride it, but he doesn't know how to park a bicycle. How many times have you ridden a bicycle? If you've got your feet in the pedals, you've got to know to take your feet out of the clips when you stop riding. If you're telling me that's an excuse, it's not. That can't be your excuse. If he forgot to take his feet out of the pedals, that means it's the same thing. He fell because he's kind of losing his marbles. And I'm not happy. I don't want him to be losing his marbles. I don't take any pride in saying this. But understand that when world leaders 
see that he won't take questions from reporters spontaneously without calling on a predetermined list of reporters? You know, when world leaders see him quit talking in the middle of a sentence because he's done, okay, their opinion is shaped by what they're seeing, not what the American people are telling them. You understand? Corinne Jean-Pierre, if you remember last week, was incredulous. She was talking to Don Lemon. She was over on CNN. And CNN wasn't even having what she was selling. If you remember, Don Lemon said, hey, is this guy mentally, physically, is he all there? Is he going to be able to run in 2024? Now, this is what Corinne Jean-Pierre said. Here's clip 19. Does the president have the stamina, physically and mentally, do you think, to continue on even after 2024? Don, you're asking me this question. Oh, my gosh. He's the president of the United States. You know, he I can't even keep up with it. We just got back from New Mexico. We just got back um, from California. Uh, That is that is not a question that we should be even asking. Oh, so that's what she said. That is not even a question we should be even asking, Don. I'm shocked. He's the president. He can't even keep up with us. Okay, that's what she said. But this is what world leaders heard. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with, uh, with, uh, I don't know. uh, I mean, again. Have you ever had a checkup? Really think about that. Okay, the guy quits talking in the middle of a sentence because he's finished. He's sending in the punt team on second down. That's not how it's supposed to work. And we're not really covering this Biden story that much. Like I'm talking to you about it because it has real implications. You don't think Russia was emboldened in Ukraine by the weakness we showed in Afghanistan? You don't think China is emboldened in Taiwan by the weakness we've now showed in Afghanistan and Ukraine? Yeah, we're sending a lot of money to Ukraine. And I'm not asking for World War III. But the point is, Biden has been a wishy-washy mess. Okay, if you remember in the run-up to Ukraine, it was like, we've got debilitating sanctions. And I'm telling you, they don't want to mess with these sanctions. And if he goes into Ukraine, these sanctions, and everybody kept saying, hey, if these sanctions are so severe, they're such a deterrent, why don't we implement the sanctions before the war starts? I think he's got a point. And then the minute the war started, we implemented the sanctions, but he didn't actually back down. What did Biden say? He said, oh, I never said sanctions were going to stop Putin. You're a bald-faced liar. A liar. I mean, straight up lied, okay? But we've seen him lie again and again and again. And part of the reason he gets stuck lying is they're not moored in any type of principle. Okay, this is a guy getting pushed around by members of administration. Nobody in their right mind believes he's running the country. But do you understand, it's one thing for me to say that as a talk radio host. It's another thing for world leaders who want to destroy us to agree with what I'm saying. And every single one of them agrees with what I'm saying. Okay, this guy is a mess. The problem they're running into within the administration now is there is new polling out today uh, that shows 64 percent. 64% of voters do not want Biden running again in 2024. Come on, man. I'm more fascinated by the 36% who do. But if you want the polling, it's a Yahoo YouGov survey. Uh, Same survey found that 55% of voters don't want former President Trump to run again in the next presidential election. So you've got 64% saying Biden shouldn't run, 55% saying Trump shouldn't run. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. But I think when it comes to Trump, one of the reasons they don't want him to run 
is because he brings a lot of baggage. He takes us backwards to 2020. Trump's never going to stop talking about 2020, okay? And in a very winnable election for Republicans where people are turning out to vote on inflation and gas prices and border security and getting the drag shows out of kindergarten classrooms, okay, the Republicans have a very winnable election on our hands if they vote based on substance. Okay, if people go to the polls based on 2020, the Republicans are going to blow a historic opportunity. So the party wants no part of Trump running again. You need to know that. But that's why they don't want him running. The reason people don't want Joe Biden running is because they know he can't run. Okay, understand this. If Joe Biden had to run a traditional presidential campaign in 2020, if he didn't have the ability to stay home under the justification that COVID was a threat, And so he couldn't leave the House. Joe Biden couldn't have won that election. It was such a unique set of circumstances, such a spectacular confluence of events that made it possible for him to become the president. He didn't have to run. The media ran for him. That's the deal. Trump ran for president against the media. Every one of them got on TV every day. He's a white supremacist. The cops are racist. He tells them to be. You know, women aren't going to be able to have any rights in society. He's a misogynist. It's bad. We can't have this guy win again. He's getting us all killed with COVID. Never mind that Joe Biden has presided over twice as many COVID deaths as Donald Trump. If that was the metric for removing him, how is Biden even in power? Okay, but people do know at this point, even the people who shilled for Biden and allowed him to run his campaign, that he can't run again in 2024 because he can't be out there doing the traditional media work a presidential candidate does. He doesn't have 200 or 300 rallies in him. Okay, he had to do three rallies in the summer of 2020. They were all over Zoom and people had no idea what was going to come out of his mouth. So they stopped doing that, too. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? Do you remember that when he was on with Charlemagne? And then, <laughs> you know, if I'm figuring out whether me or Trump, you ain't black. That was the last time they put him on TV spontaneously. After that, it was spoon feed me the questions. I will read you back the talking points over Zoom. That was it. OK, he didn't run for president in 2020. He didn't do anything. Think about this. Hillary made more appearances complaining that 2016 was stolen after the fact than Joe Biden did running for president in 2020. She had more appearances in public on the What Happened tour where she was blaming everybody for the 2016 election. I mean, everybody known to man. It was crazy. The guy who wrote the series finale of Lost, the Russians, anybody you could think of. And Joe Biden never had to run. So this idea that he might have to run in 2024 is absurd on its face. He can't get out there and run. Okay, and that's the reality catching up to the Democrats now is they've had this charade for a while. But the media, okay, and the political opportunists that surround a president have all reached the same conclusion when it comes to the Biden presidency. You know, success as a thousand fathers, failure as an orphan. Everybody out there now realizes that the Biden presidency is a failure. There's no time to course correct because the midterms are around the corner. They don't have the majorities, uh, you know, big enough to pass any type of meaningful legislation, which means they're just going to take it in the face in the midterms. And then Biden's a lame duck president with the Republicans controlling both houses of Congress. That's where we're at. So when it comes to the Biden presidency, you know, they are already orphaning it. People are already done with it. You understand. And that's the issue. You know, Biden fell off his bike yesterday and every, or Saturday and everybody made big hay about it. But I'm telling you, OK, it's a bigger political metaphor than anything you saw in that horrible video. And anybody who doesn't think so should ride alongside him one day, whether we're talking about on the streets or in the polls. 
If you're looking to save money on a bicycle safety course, get on down to the Joe Biden School of Cycling, where the only thing falling faster than the prices is the instructor. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. The Biden School of Cycling makes sure every tire has plenty of inflation. I want every American to know that I'm taking inflation uh, very seriously, and it's my top domestic priority. And we've got locations all across the country, including the state of dementia. I am uh, I am very willing to let the American public judge my physical and mental fil- my physical as well as my mental fitness. The Joe Biden Bicycle Safety Course. Because with gas prices this high, every American is getting taken for a ride. We're changing people's lives. Call and speak to Jimmy now. I'm trying to use the phone. 888-788-9910. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Big Monday episode of the show. Talking about Joe Biden and uh, his mismanagement of this country. It's been a pretty mess, pretty big mess in terms of administrative accomplishments. But Andrea is listening in Willow Grove, Pennsylvania, and she says that Biden has a noteworthy accomplishment. Hello, Andrea. <laughs> hey, girl. Hey, girl. How you living, girlfriend? Good. First, I want to thank you for assuring me that McBee is going to take care of Daisy. (laughs) So Andrea messaged me on Facebook. Uh, It's a package deal. I had posted that I needed a pet sitter when I was going out to L.A. And yes, Charles McBee is working double duty. He gets Daisy and he gets Bixby. But there are a lot more security cameras at my house than I told him. Uh, Jenny kind of set him up, you know. So odds are we'll be looking for a new sitter in August. So don't give up on your dream yet, Andrea. I'm sitting with my cat right now out on the balcony. And you always talk about Biden's accomplishments, and nobody's mentioned his biggest accomplishment, Uh which is he is a most accomplished liar I've ever seen. (laughs) I don't know. All right, listen, I'm going to I'm going to agree with you for acknowledging the prowess because he does lie like wildly. He doesn't get called on it that much either. But he's lying about everything. When he's lying about inflation with around a, the world and everything else, you're right about that. But he's not getting it by you. With a straight face. <laughs> and then, wait, he doubles down and says, I mean it. I'm yeah. not kidding. <laughs> this is not hyperbole. So not only does he lie, mm-hmm. but he confirms the lie with his next statement. Oh, it's so true. So- he does have an accomplishment. That's a funny one. because if you're that. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. Like last week I was playing a clip last Monday where he said he hadn't decided whether or not he was going to go to Saudi Arabia. And then at yeah. the end of the sound clip announced he was going. <laughs> He's like, oh, that's that's malarkey. I haven't made up my mind about Saudi Arabia. But the reason I'm going yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. So and I usually don't hear you during the day. I'm the 
crazy lady who listens to you in bed at night. Oh, I'm aware. On the podcast. Very hot. <laughs> Hold on now. Yeah. Hold on to the phone here. But, this could be three ninety nine a minute, this kind fall, of talk. Go ahead. I don't fall asleep, though. I don't fall asleep. I listen the entire time. Oh, Andrea! And then I, <laughs> and then I turn it off. High praise. Well, it's a, it's a high honor to spoon with you in the evenings. Uh, we'll do it again soon. I'll let you know if we need another dog sitter. You are the greatest, Andrea. Have the best Monday. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton Withrow. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. The morning show that uh, overslept. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. In the town where I was born, paid for gas and they screwed me. And I have to tell my wife, cancel plans cause gasoline. So we stay at home a ton cause Joe Biden going green and we work but never save cause the price of gasoline we can't live with the price of gasoline price of gasoline prices are obscene we can't live with the price of gasoline price of gasoline prices are obscene Biden of drilling it here offshore and we pay more every day we can't live with the price of gasoline price of gasoline prices are obscene we can't live with the price of gasoline price of gasoline Prices are obscene. Oh, girl. Even the Beatles are getting in on the act now. That's not good. Uh, But it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And, yes, people are struggling at the price of gasoline. I'm not making any news in saying so. But what we're getting out of this administration, I got to be honest with you, man. I say this all the time. Like, we're living in the death of shame. People don't know shame anymore. Shame... Coupled with self-awareness, because I'm going to play you a clip from Janet Yellen. And this is the biggest problem Biden has as a career politician. Politicians are so much more concerned with the poll numbers than they are with the people. Tell them like it is. And for that reason, they never, they're so reticent, they're so terrified to admit to failure that oftentimes you've seen Biden tell you things were successes that were screaming failures. I mean, if you remember, he told us the border that was a, that's a Republican talking point. The border's not a crisis. Well, come on, man. And then he was like, all right, well, it's seasonal. The border is a problem, but once the weather changes, going to go back down. None of that happened. We are breaking records for illegal border crossings every month. What did he tell us in Afghanistan? Oh, Afghanistan was a success. Dude, 13 service members died. We left thousands of Americans stranded behind enemy lines. 
And the whole point of going there for 20 years was to make sure it didn't become a breeding ground for terror groups. It ended with a terror group in charge of the government sitting on $85 billion worth of our weapons. That can't be good. No, it's not good. But again, he didn't want to own the failure. But there's a weapon presidents have that Biden doesn't utilize because he's truly not in charge. The cabinet's in charge of this presidency. But let me explain this to you. Okay, presidents can traditionally distance themselves from strategic failures by firing people in between, meaning Afghanistan's a disaster. If Biden's not worried about the political calculus there of calling it a failure and then getting yelled at on TV for a weekend that he's a failure, if he's smart, he goes, yeah, these generals screwed up. They shouldn't have taken the troops out ahead of the people. Everybody knows that. And he starts firing generals like Milley. Fire him. Get him out of here. He, he miscalculated. Millie was the guy who told them we only needed one airport. Millie was the guy that told them the Afghan army, army was going fu- to hold. Secretary of State Blinken went on TV and was like, oh, no, the army's going to hold. Don't worry about it. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, their president was out of town on the next plane with whatever money he could get his hands on because he knew if America was pulling out the troops, there's no way the army was going to hold. They gave Biden bad advice. Now, it was Biden's bad decision to speed the plow and get out of there early because he wanted the withdrawal to coincide with September 11th. He wanted a big photo op to say it's the 20-year anniversary of September 11th. I'm bringing home the troops from Afghanistan on the 20-year anniversary. I'm Joe Biden. But instead, because he rushed the departure and took the troops out ahead of the civilians, the whole country collapsed. Now, again, that's never going to reflect well on Biden. But if he wants to put some distance between himself and what we all know to be an obvious failure, you fire a general. Hey, this is bad. They did mislead us. You can't imagine how much it cost him in terms of capital and credibility that he was willing to go on TV the entire second half of August and tell us that Afghanistan was a success. You're a liar. Remember that? No, it's the most successful airlift in history. And why is it an airlift, by the way? Oh, yeah, because you, Joe Biden, told people to take the troops out with the guns ahead of the civilians with the cell phones. That's stupid. Use your common sense. But again, he could have blamed a general, owned the failure, and his poll numbers wouldn't have done what they did. Understand, going into Afghanistan, Biden was polling above water. He was at 53% average in the real clear politics average. Now he's down at about 39% because that was the, that began the biggest parade of lies we've ever seen. And that's where things began to hemorrhage for this administration. And then a lie was compounded by another lie because we had what? We had inflation skyrocketing. And they're like, oh, it's transitory. It's not a real thing. And then when inflation stuck around, he was like, oh, it's Putin's price hike. Oh, it's MAGA. Again, Biden going to get tagged for inflation regardless because it was his runaway spending that caused it. But he could put some distance between himself and the crisis by firing advisors. Janet Yellen has no business being employed anywhere. OK, she shouldn't be working at a balloon store like part like Party City. She shouldn't be in charge of inflating balloons, let alone combating inflation in our in our Treasury Department. OK, Janet Yellen is dope. But here she is with a straight face telling us, well, you know, the economy is definitely slowing down. But a, but a recession. No, it's not imminent that we have a recession. OK, again, if the economy is slowing down, we're in a recession. You understand when 
when inflation outstrips wage growth, when people are paying more for goods than their salaries are increasing, we're already in some form of a recession under one word or another. But when you hear her say things that are, again, more more attuned with the political cost than the personal human cost, you have a byproduct of this entire administration, which is we just want to keep the perception good regardless of how bad the reality gets. But people aren't buying it, and that's why he's now polling where he is. Okay, This is bananas. But this is Janet Yellen again. She starts by blaming Putin for high inflation, and then we'll go from there. This is clip six. Inflation is really unacceptably high. Part of the reason is Russia's war on Ukraine, his boosted energy and food prices in the United States and globally. It's important to recognize that the United States is certainly not the only advanced economy suffering from high inflation. We see it in UK. We see it Uh, In France, Germany, Italy, the causes of it are global, not local. Supply chain uh, snarls partly resulting from lockdowns in China are also boosting inflation. These factors are unlikely to diminish immediately. Girl, please stop talking right now. Again, where's the effort in that quote to help the American people? It's not there. The effort is made to blame other people. Oh, the supply chain, China. You know, it's bad in the U.K. It's bad in France, Germany, and Italy. But you know what France, Germany, and Italy have in common? None, none, none of those countries are experiencing inflation on the level we are. Our rate of inflation is higher here than any of the other major industrialized nations around the planet. And it took off long before Putin invaded Ukraine. Putin invading Ukraine is causing inflation in other parts of the world. Okay, Putin invading Ukraine is exacerbating inflation in this country. It was going up for 14 straight months before Putin invaded Ukraine. And again, every time a Biden official gets on the TV and tells you, well, you know, everything would be fine if Putin didn't invade Ukraine. That's the big issue here. Okay, if you really wanted to take them at their word, if Putin invading Ukraine is the root of all economic evil, why aren't we doing everything in our power to end that war? Why are we out there going, oh, this is ruining everything for all of us? The food, the supply chain, the gas, it's all a mess. We ought to end this thing. We ought to broker some type of peace. We ought to get some type of dignified, you know, treaty for both sides. Putin can claim some type of small-time victory. Zelensky can get some Lifetime Achievement Award from the Oscars. Hopefully that country doesn't have to cede too much ground. But we end the bloodletting. Dude, hundreds of thousands of people are dying. It's horrific. And we're being told that it's also causing economic casualties back here in America. Why are we just sending them $40 billion every other week? Why aren't we brokering a truce if it's the root of all evil? And the truth is it's not the reason our inflation is where it is. And this whole idea that, oh, well, we've got to, you know, we've got to fight Putin in Ukraine because if he takes out Ukraine, he's going to take all of Europe next. No, it's not. Putin is not in that. They're barely taking Ukraine. Do you understand? They're not taking the rest of Europe. Putin, as John McCain once called him, Russia is a gas station with nukes. That's what they are. They're getting rich off selling oil. Their oil is in a better position than ours is now. By the way, the Russian ruble is killing the American dollar. We were told these sanctions are going to cripple Russia. Putin's going to be broke. This war won't be able to go on. Because we're going to starve them out. Well, here's a news flash: Putin's economy is doing better than ours. So where the hell are the sanctions? And what are they really doing? The answer is nothing. So when Janet Yellen gets out there and says this next clip I give you, 
again, oh, the economy, I expect it to slow, but it doesn't mean we're going to have a recession. Dude, what are, we, what are we talking about? I expect to spend a week at Mardi Gras, but I, I, it doesn't mean we're going to get drunk. What are you talking about? Of course you are. Here it is, clip eight. I expect the economy to slow. Uh, it's been growing at a very rapid rate as the economy, as the labor market has recovered and we have reached full employment. It's natural now that we expect a transition to steady and stable growth. But I don't think a recession is at all, at all inevitable. Um, Chair Powell, uh, clearly inflation is unacceptably high. It's President Biden's top priority to bring it down. And Chair Powell has said that his goal is to bring inflation down while maintaining a strong labor market. Um, that's going to take skill and luck, but um, I believe it's possible. I don't think a recession is inevitable. It's nothing more than white noise coming from the White House. Yo, fire her immediately, Joe Biden. Okay, fire Chair- Chairman Powell immediately. Fire them. Say, hey, these guys screwed up. We are in a contracting economy because we are. But if you remember, Biden got on TV last week and said the economy is growing. We've got a record-breaking economy. You told some of the biggest lies that I've ever heard of in my whole life. Understand, our economy shrunk in the first quarter of 2022. It contracted by 0.2%. You can't be the fastest-growing economy in the world if your economy is shrinking. Correct the mundo. The Russian economy is growing faster than our economy. Really think about that. The ruble is killing the dollar. Best exchange rate they've had on the ruble versus the dollar in like 30 years. This is bananas. But you understand when she says something like, well, uh, you know, inflation, it's, it's not inevitable. Chairman Powell, he is, you know, he knows it's unacceptably high. It's his top priority. Chairman Powell was the same jackass who told us this was transitory and it wasn't going to stick around a lot. But now the guy who's, who was okay with Biden spending money, the guy who was okay without raising interest rates, he waited too long to raise interest rates, the guy who very much dug the hole we are in as it pertains to inflation, she's now telling us, no, no, it's Chairman Powell's goal to get it under control. That's his goal, to get it under control. Yeah, my goal for the entire 1980s was to bang Christy Brinkley. Did I pull it off? The answer would be no. I understand goals are wonderful. Okay, I'd like to take Lincoln to the Super Bowl one of these years. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. I mean, with any luck, maybe I get to go. But the idea that her telling me it's his goal is not very reassuring. But what's really not reassuring is when you hear her flat out say things. Oh, the goal is to bring inflation down with me while maintaining a strong labor market. That's going to take skill and luck. Okay, that's what we're down to. I believe it's possible. I don't think a recession is inevitable, she says. It's going to take some skill and luck and we can avoid it. Dude, if we're down to skill and luck, okay, the people running this thing don't have any skill. And we'd be lucky if we could just get rid of them. He knows what he's talking about. I'm gonna be homeless, the price is obscene And they won't let Biden intervene Baby, I can't fill my car Guess I'm gonna walk real far Baby, 
America's number one radio lunch date. Get your hands out of my fries. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Buy your own damn fries. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who did not fall off his bicycle over the weekend. I mean, I might have. We got pretty rowdy at the spanked puppy up in Vermont on Friday. But Joe Biden took a tumble, and he is now taking to the press to try to explain away the incident. Here it is. Okay, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. What happened was, any of you guys ride bikes? Well, they have some that have this thing you put your toe in. Back up, back up. It your foot so it doesn't slide up the pedal. When I was getting off the bike, it got stuck on the right side. So he says his foot got stuck in the... Come on, don't bullshit me. Who knows? But he says his foot got stuck in the pedal on the right side. Fair enough. But what about the foot on the left side? Is this a... I believe he's riding with two feet, but I don't know that he could stand up straight. It's not good. Biden's lost his marbles. A lot of people feel that way, and that will not strengthen... That will not strengthen the argument against... Because it was a bad-looking video. I don't want to harp on it too much, but I bring it up because every time Biden has one of these moments, the media kind of sweeps it under the rug. But the issue is not what people see here in America. That's what the media is concerned with. Well, we don't want people to think Biden's weak. You know, the Democrats are winning, right, guys? We're winning, right? Are we winning? Guys, I hope we're winning. Oh, no, we're not winning? Nobody trusts the media anymore. Biden is polling so historically low. Again, think about this. Biden is polling behind Trump at this stage in his presidency. And understand that at this stage of the Trump presidency, we had the entire media pretending he was a Russian asset controlled by Vladimir Putin. Up until now, we've had the entire media this time around just pretending that Joe Biden was actually sane. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know, the, you know, the thing we have a president that is clearly not all there. It's a mess. Okay, and when you hear these stories about or see these videos, you know, and I'm glad he's okay. I don't want the guy to get hurt. But believe me, the rest of the world look at that and they go, oh, yeah, this this guy's got nothing. Okay, we're supposed to be, you know, speak softly and carry a big stick. That's America on the world stage. Now we are babble incoherently and plug in a big teleprompter. And sometimes not even that works because we got a guy in office who can't always speak English when the words do get out of his mouth. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true and international effort to pressure. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. We are fired up. Got a big hour of Fox Across America coming your way. We're going to be having a spirited chit-chat with Representative Tony Gonzalez, the 23rd Congressional District of Texas, good friend of the show. 
uh, somebody who has been at the forefront of this gun debate because, of course, the Uvalde shooting, that horrific massacre, occurred in his district. And he has been pressing the case for more mental health funding. We're going to get into that, as well as the bad border situation that is spiraling further out of control with another Another disastrous report on fentanyl overdoses, something we will get into with Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich. It's a hell of a way to set up a fun hour of radio. Everybody's overdosing on fentanyl. Who's ready for some comedy? But no, it's 888-788-9910 if you want to be a part of a show that takes the issues very seriously but does not take themselves seriously at all. That's the hook. That's the one thing we are injecting into the universe. We're a force multiplier of positive energy. Some would even argue too much positive energy. If you were at the Spank Puppy in Vermont this past Friday, that was a rowdy night. And uh, it is my resolute hope that I have shaken off all of the tequila and all of the contact highs I got from hanging out with our listeners because I'm going to be on the Gutfeld Show tonight at 11 o'clock on the Fox News Channel. And, uh, you know, need to do a good job, man. Got to show up. Caitlyn Jenner's on the show tonight. KT McFarland is on the show tonight. Kat Timph is on the show. And uh, our lovable comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld, also back in the host chair. So that's a big one. I hope you can make it. Fox News at 11 o'clock. The January 6th committee, on the other hand, is becoming must-flee TV, according to the ratings. And I bring it up because Adam Schiff, remember that jackass? It's back on TV yesterday, and this is really fascinating to me because they've gotten to a bad spot with this January 6th committee, and they've gotten there rather quickly than I think anyone expected them to. Okay, the ratings for this thing just flat out fell off a cliff. Okay, they had about 20 million people watch the first day of the hearing. It was in prime time. You know, they had, I believe it was J-Lo and Shakira performed at halftime, you know, the red carpet, the Fancy Super Bowl commercials. It was outrageous. It was a made-for-TV special. 20 million people watched it. The second day was about 10 million. The third day, they're down to about 2 million. Nobody cares. So they're trying to make bigger promises. And the issue they're running into again and again and again is we don't need a January 6th committee because we all already agree it was bad. We believe it should not have happened. Nobody should be storming the Capitol. But where the fork in the road occurs for the Democrats, and they've been unable to conflict, you know, combat this, is nobody in their right mind thinks it was an attempt to overthrow the government. They don't think that was going on. You don't overthrow the most powerful military in the world with a bunch of unarmed people led by one maniac in a Chewbacca bikini. <laughs> Guy in that stupid fur hat, whatever the hell it was. They weren't trying to overthrow the government. But again, the Democrats have tried to repurpose January 6th as this white supremacist coup attempt, a deadly white supremacist insurgency, uh, you know, insurgency. And Trump, he coordinated the whole thing behind the scenes. Wrong. He didn't. That's the issue. If Trump had incited something, if Trump had plotted something, Trump would be charged with doing exactly that. The FBI, the Department of Justice, they don't wait two years, a year and a half to see what a committee tells them to do. That's not how law enforcement agencies work. If they have just cause to, tr- to, to charge somebody criminally, they go in and do it. They're not waiting for a committee's approval. Knowing that to be the case, people who made it to day one of the hearings, thinking they were going to see Trump evidence that he coordinated this thing, were so disappointed that half of them tuned out for day two. But when day two came and went and there still was no discussion of Trump coordinating this thing or inspiring it behind the scenes, they all went home. So day three was a joke. It was like they were putting on pressure on Pence to overturn the election. And that very well may have been true. But that's not what we were promised. What we were promised is Donald Trump plotted this thing. Donald Trump inspired this thing. Donald Trump's going to leave in handcuffs. Now, the hardcore partisan Trump haters, they're always going to tune in for that. 
they're still holding out hope that the attorney general here in New York is going to get Trump for some type of tax evasion. But understand, again, they're being preyed upon. These are desperate people who hate Trump. They're being taken advantage of by a media that needs ratings and will shamelessly sell them this Trump imprisonment fantasy, despite the fact that it's never, ever, ever going to happen. So Adam Schiff, if you remember, okay, during the Russia collusion probe, we had definitive proof of Russian collusion. It's everywhere. Okay, there's more than circumstantial evidence, he said. And then when he was under oath facing the threat of perjury and asked to present that more than circumstantial evidence, Adam Schiff, John Brennan, James Clapper, these guys couldn't get on TV fast enough and tell you we had the proof. But the whole Mueller probe came and went without them ever showing the proof. Okay, they gaslit the American people. And I bring that up because yesterday, Adam Schiff, they're trying to get people engaged in these hearings. They're having a bad time doing it. Adam Schiff yesterday maintains on CNN, of all places, okay, that we have the proof. And CNN asks, give them credit. This is what the late, great Rush Limbaugh would call a random act of journalism. Dana Bash asks Schiff, well, if you have the proof, where's the proof? Why is the proof being held back? I'll tell you the answer. The proof's being held back because they don't have any. That's true. That is true. Here is Dana Bash sensing as much. It's clip 21. So many people watching your committee hearings are asking, what is going to come of this? Is the Justice Department going to file uh, criminal charges? First question is, why haven't you given everything over to the Justice Department that they are asking for and they say they need in order to potentially do that? I don't think Congress has ever done that, and I've been participating now in several investigations uh, where there have been parallel investigations done by the Justice Department. Congress never says, hey, Justice Department, uh, other branch of government, just come and go through our files. Uh, we also don't say, hey, we want to go over and just rifle through your files. Um, when the Justice Department asks for things specifically, hey, you know, we're looking at a case, mm -hmm. uh, we're investigating this person, can you give us what you have, we work with them, and we'll work with them here. You know, I, I do want to point out the Justice Department has the subpoena power, too. They can convene a grand jury, they can bring in witnesses. Uh, traditionally, they don't wait for Congress to do that work for the department. Uh, right. So we're going to work with them. We want them to be successful in bringing people to justice. Uh, but I, I can't go into the private conversation. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Here's the key right there, okay? People want to see the proof. Why haven't you given everything to the Justice Department? Okay, as I said, it's because there's nothing to give them. They don't have proof that Trump coordinated this thing. But when you hear Adam Schiff say, and this is exactly what I've been telling you, his exact words. I do want to point out the Justice Department has the subpoena power, too. Okay, they can convene a grand jury. They can bring in witnesses. Traditionally, they don't wait for Congress to do that work. Exactly. So if the Justice Department had the goods on Trump, they wouldn't be waiting for this committee. Oh, wow. So what that means is the committee has nothing. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. They have nothing. We know January 6th is bad. We agree with you, committee. Shouldn't have went on. It's not good. But they're trying to sell us something bigger than that. And the reason people are tuning out is because of exactly what Adam Schiff just said. Okay, well, it's your Justice Department, they can subpoena if they've got something, tell them to do it. Meaning, we don't have something. Believe me, they have leaked 200 anonymously sourced bombshells about Trump that turned out to be false. False during the Russia probe. Are you going to tell me if they actually had the goods on this guy 
they'd actually hold it back and wouldn't be sharing it with us? Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Dude, they hate Trump so much they want him out so bad. They could get him out. They're not waiting until day four. They would have gotten him out long before this committee became a thing. They would have showed you this evidence. They didn't need a committee to show you this evidence. They have a committee because they're trying to prolong it and hang it over the heads of Republicans heading into the midterms. They're in a bad spot. You can't run on, well, we've got a 40-year high in inflation. Vote for us. We'll make it worse. You can't afford gas. But think of it on the bright side. If you vote for us, you'll get skinny. You'll be walking everywhere. Think of it on the bright side. I mean, come on, they got nothing. So she stays the case here. And she says, hey, so if you say you can't share your stuff with the Justice Department because they could be investigating the president, are you telling me they're investigating the president? And the answer is clearly no. Here it is, clip 22. Have you seen evidence that the Justice Department has already opened an investigation into the former president? Um, I, uh, you know, just looking at the public record, I have not seen... For example, uh, grand juries convened in places where I would think they would be convened uh, if they were looking at some of the conduct, for example, that Judge Carter in California wrote. He believed that Donald Trump uh, was engaged in multiple uh, uh, acts that violate the criminal laws. You've been critical of the Justice Department for moving slowly. If you've done so much work, why not help them out? Well, you know, we certainly will help them. Uh, We want them to particularize what they're asking for. Uh, and it's our intention when we conclude our investigation to uh, okay. make public our our uh, findings uh, in great detail. Um, so, but we, you know, we have a, a job to do as well, and we are doing that, and we're uh, doing this consistent with how um, the, the our branch of government has operated and the executive branch has operated. Garbage like you just makes me sick. I mean, what a garbage human being. Because you understand what Adam Schiff is saying. I don't know. We've got the evidence. We just haven't released it yet. But please don't shut off the trial because it's coming. The great pumpkin's going to fly over. I'm going to give you Adam Schiff. This is in March of 2017. Adam Schiff was allowed to go on TV and say this is beyond circumstantial evidence. We have proof Trump colluded with Russia. He was allowed to say this for three years. When the Mueller probe came and went and he didn't have proof, you never should have seen him on TV again. Get him out of here. Get him out. Ever again. And how could anyone argue with me? This is a guy who knowingly went on TV. Understand the Mueller hoax. Okay, everyone engaged in this investigation, they started an investigation based on a story, a rumor that they themselves created. Do you dig? These are arsonists trying to put out a fire they started. That's what the Mueller probe was. The Clinton campaign needed a counter-narrative to her email situation. So they leaked a story. They gave a story to the FBI, her attorney. Hey, I'm here as a concerned citizen. And it appears Trump is communicating with this alpha bank in Russia. There's some type of back channel thing going on to steal the election. And then Hillary tweeted immediately after leaking that to the FBI. We're hearing Trump happens to be colluding with Russia. Not looking good. I don't know. And all the Adam Schiff's of the world jumped in and said, no, no, no. It's, it's a thing. It's the forget rumors. We have proof. It's beyond circumstantial. Adam Schiff said that. I'm going to play you the clip right now from March 20th, 2017. He goes on TV and says we have the goods on Trump. Now, if the probe comes and goes, they don't have the goods on Trump. That means he was lying in that moment. He didn't have the goods. He gaslit the country. Yet they're willing to let him go back on TV again and gaslight the country right now. I mean, believe me, when CNN isn't buying 
what Adam Schiff is selling. CNN is the worst. And there's nothing they want more than to destroy Trump. If they're asking where's the beef, like it's an old school Wendy's commercial, you understand they're really, really pulling a scam here. Here's Schiff in 2017 talking to Chuck Todd. It's clip 23. All you have right now is a circumstantial case. Uh, actually, no, Chuck. Uh, I, I can tell you that the case is more than that, uh, and I can't go into the particulars, but there is more than circumstantial evidence now. So, um, again, I think... So you Director have Clapper, seen direct evidence of collusion? Uh, I don't want to go into specifics, but I will say that there is evidence that is not circumstantial uh, and, uh, and is very much worthy of investigation. You are disgusting. Yo, again... That's him flat out saying, I don't want to go into the particulars, but there's more than circumstantial evidence now. Okay, direct evidence. I don't want to go into specifics. Yo, this guy was going on TV for three years saying we had the goods. They didn't have the goods. He's back out here now telling you, you better watch day four of the January 6th committee because they definitely have the goods. Again, Adam Schiff is the guy who has the really hot girlfriend, but she doesn't live around here. Oh, she's on a modeling shoot. She's busy. I'd love to introduce you to her, but she's on the other side of the world. Hey, when are we going to meet this hot girlfriend? Ah, uh, you know what? She's got the swimsuit issue. Yeah, she's not around this week. Uh, then she's doing some runway stuff. And again and again and again, he keeps promising the goods, but he can't deliver the goods because they don't have the goods. I don't want you to dismiss January 6th. It was a disgusting moment in our politics. But so was the attack on the White House. So was the burning of Washington, D.C. in the summer of 2020. So was the $2 billion in damage caused by the George Floyd riots, the 42 people that died at those riots, the 100 black-owned businesses that were burnt down in the near north of Minneapolis. The problem is we have a double standard when it comes to political violence in this country because one side only cares about it if they think it's going to help their political cause. But what you need to understand is when you do so as shamelessly as the Democrats do in promising things they knowingly do not have an ability to deliver, it further divides society and makes all of us more dangerous as as a result. And that's the biggest threat we're facing right now. It's not January 6th or another coup on the Capitol. It's another year of putting jackasses like Adam Schiff on TV. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. Common sense from a not-so-sensible man. It's the compassion. It's the it's the dignity. It's the wisdom. It's the, it's the horse sense of the guy. Gets you. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. If you're looking to save money on a bicycle safety course, get on down to the Joe Biden School of Cycling, where the only thing falling faster than the prices is the instructor. Uh oh, I'm in trouble. The Biden School of Cycling makes sure every tire has plenty of inflation. I want every American to know that I'm taking inflation uh, very seriously, and it's my top domestic priority. And we've got locations all across the country, including the state of dementia. I am uh, I am very willing to let the American public judge my physical and mental fil- my physical as well as my mental fitness. The Joe Biden Bicycle Safety Course. Because with gas prices this high, every American is getting taken for a ride. We're changing people's lives. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Uh, Fired up. We're going to be talking to Texas Representative Tony Gonzalez in the next break. 
But joining us now on the line, a man who rode his bicycle more successfully, albeit, than Joe Biden, and met me at the Spanked Puppy in Vermont this past Friday. Dennis is on the line. Yo, Dennis. Jimmy, I don't know where you got that outfit, but I'm pretty sure it was not in Vermont. I meant to tell you on Friday that if there's anything I can ever do to, as a caller to make your show any better, you got a lot of work to do. <laughs> now, Good. Um, I was about to tell uh, you that I, you were worthy, Dennis. I was about to play you. You always call in and say you're not worthy, but you were worthy, and your your wife is adorable. Oh, God bless you for that. She is. A, she's a piece of work. She tells me that uh, she resents the. She thinks you're a traitor to the uh, taxi driver profession, and I said he's a much better talk show host. <laughs> so. Um, I, I just uh, but I saw last week that they convicted a guy waving a rebel flag for uh, inside the Capitol for the crime of obstruction. Mm-hmm. You know, not looting, not arson, not vandalism, not not even insurrection, but obstruction, uh-huh. which I didn't even know was a crime pre-January 6th. And, mm-hmm. and I just wonder, do you think it's premature for me to tell my uh, kids that they can go out on the city streets and parks at night? Now that this hardened criminal madman is behind bars. <laughs> well, listen, man, there's there's all kinds of crime. As you said, I'm wanted in five states by the fashion police and we shouldn't take these crimes lightly. But, yeah, there's a little bit of a, a abuse of civil liberties going on with January 6th. But I'm more concerned, Dennis, with the abuse of alcohol at the spanked puppy. I had to get out of there for my own good. You understand, right? Yeah, my wife said, um, you're fatter than Jimmy Fallon. I said, I think you mean faster. <laughs> Take that. Tell her to call the show. I'm telling you, we're doing it all wrong. Dennis, I love you. You're beyond worthy. We're back with Tony Gonzalez after this on Fox Across America. It's America's life coach. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. And if the band sounds fired up, it's because they are. Joining us now on the show, superstar representative from the 23rd Congressional District of Texas. I have it on good authority that he is either the world's best dad, an all-star dad, or a number one dad. Because yesterday was Father's Day, and those are the only three gifts you usually receive from your kids. Tony Gonzalez on the show. Hey, man. Hey, Jimmy. Thanks for having me. Look, yesterday was uh, superstar day. Oh, I got six kids, so that means I'm getting six presents. <laughs> but let me ask you a question, because I I have these trophies, right? Lincoln, my I have one kid, my son Lincoln. The state would never let us have two. Okay, you got the clearance right. to have six. My the state of New York saw one report card from my son, and they were like, "You guys just get a dog, no more, no more breeding for you two. But <laughs> but but I'm always either I, I've been named the world's best t- dad a few times, and sometimes I wonder if the rankings committee is giving out multiple awards. Am I the only guy to be named world's best dad this year, or, or were there others? No, I think there's a tie. There's probably about hundred thousand of us that are in a tie. Look, my, my favorite present yesterday, I got cufflinks, I got tie, I got ties, I got socks. But my favorite present was mm-hmm. one well, from my, my younger son that gave me a whiskey flask Ooh. that said Dad's greatest dad. No, that no, no, that's a home run. That's that's a heat. Like, wow. God. <laughs> he deserves a, a T-shirt that says greatest kid if he gives you a whiskey flask. <laughs> I'm like, okay. 
raised, raising them right. No, that's a, that's a home run. We're <laughs> talking to Representative Tony Gonzalez from the 23rd Congressional District of Texas. He is a he, he's a number one dad. He's a bit of a whiskey guy, apparently. I'm fine with all of this. Listen, my kid oh, got goodness. my kid got me cigars, so don't feel bad. You're right there. You're right there, there you with go. me. They understand us. There you go. Uh, it's good to have the support of the kids. Something I've heard you talking about that we covered last week on the show that didn't get a lot of play in the press is uh, really quickly is just before we get into the other stuff is standing with Border Patrol. You know, last week yeah. we got this report that the guys on horseback that were slandered for whipping Haitian migrants, we know that's not true. The photographer himself refuted those claims. But we got a report last week that they're still trying to discipline these guys. That's insane to me. This is wild. You know, you, you, you literally have the worst border crisis in history, the history of our country, and you're going to try to reprimand the people that are trying to keep us safe? I mean, it's, it's a complete insanity. Uh, this this DHS, DHS Secretary Mayorkas, I mean, he's failed miserably. The guy needs to resign before we impeach him next year because, I mean, he is, he is not doing anything, one, to help the border crisis. But how do you attack the own, your own organization over stuff that was refuted? Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Okay, it's, it's based on a lie. You know, morale was low enough yeah. to begin with. But this almost, again, it speaks to this other theory that the border is a strategic failure and that they're okay with the chaos. But I, I don't want to believe that's true when you look at the fentanyl and everything else. But how else could you explain this? You know, what's happening is their failed policies is turning into failed politics. Mm-hmm. And you've seen it. I mean, you've seen it all along the border. We, we, you know, at first was when, when there was a mayor race in McAllen, mm-hmm. and the mayor race flipped from blue to red. Mm-hmm. And now you see it with, with Myra Flores in yep. Texas 34. And what's, what's hilarious is the Democrats are going, no, 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 we, this is part of the plan. We, we, we actually want to lose these special elections uh, because we're going to win them back in November. <laughs> they don't realize they are creating so much damage mm-hmm. policy-wise that is it is impacting the politics behind it. What does that mean? That means next year we're going to have a huge majority, and we're going to have a, we're going to have an opportunity in the House to finally start changing some things. Well, I mean that's what everybody's hoping for because it's bad, man. And you know when you talk yep. about the Myra Flores situation, you realize that parallels with polls that show us you know like Biden nationally is polling at twenty six percent with Latino voters, because I don't think the priorities of Democrats in Washington are reflective of the priorities of anyone, but especially that's Latino right. voters. I and mean, that's the issue. That's right. And you know I I think trotting out made up words from white people like Latin X yeah. isn't a justification yeah. to vote. Do you know anybody in the Latino? community that calls each other latinx zero not one person i mean it's a made-up word that they just kind of pulled out of the air and this is the other part is like look here you have the administration attacking border patrol guess what border patrol is over is is a majority uh minority organization over 50 percent of border patrol are hispanic mm-hmm. so this is what the, the part is. yep you got a little dicey i lost your signal there for a minute we're talking to Oh, yeah, we're talking to Representative Tony Gonzalez. And uh, let me see. He's back. Are you there, buddy? I missed you for a second. Apparently, no, no. Apparently the phone operator got a hit out of that number one dad whiskey flask. But but we're back. And, yes, you were were talking about specifically the border and them being a a minority-majority organization, you were saying. Yeah, yeah. Border Patrol agents are majority Hispanic. So when when this administration attacks Border Patrol, guess what they're doing? They're attacking Hispanics. When this administration attacks oil and gas, they don't realize it. They're attacking Hispanics. In my district, 
you know, those are our good paying jobs is working in the oil and gas industry, is working in, in government. They attack they're attacking us directly and they're gonna and they're losing elections. They're gonna lose even more elections because of it. Oh, I, I agree a thousand percent. And I think it's it speaks to like them being spectacularly out of touch because people who migrate to this country don't come here to be told they're oppressed. They come here yeah. because they were maybe legitimately oppressed in some instances and want yeah. an opportunity to make a better life for themselves. But the Democrats keep selling this other thing, this fake oppression, you know, and, and no one's buying it. And the other thing I really resent, and this, this again, I know speaks to people of every situation, is the Democrats love to demonize prosperity. Oh, eat the rich, mm-hmm. tax the rich. I don't think people migrate here because they want you to pick a fight with the rich. I think people migrate here because they want to get rich. No. Isn't that some of it? Children. Yep. And because they want a better life for them and themselves and their children. I mean, the Democrats are, are demonizing you for that. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this party, the Democratic Party, it's no longer a party of the poor. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I grew up, my grandfather would always tell me, son, you know, we're, we're Democrats because they, they believe in the poor. That's the furthest thing from the truth now. Yeah. And, and they're not a party of working class America either, no. regardless of race or anything else. So they are getting further and further behind. But it's not enough for us to say, look how, look how terrible the Democrats are. Everybody knows that. We have to have a plan. We, the Republican Party, has to have a plan, and it can't be one of just hope. It has to be one of leadership, one that goes, hey, when we're in office, this is what we're going to do to make sure you don't pay $5 for gas. This is what we're going to do to make sure the border is secure, to make sure your family is safe, and, and at the end of the day, that you have the freedoms to be an American. I mean, listen, I'm all over that, and I think everybody would agree with that, and that's – it is what we need. We need leadership. We don't have it right now. There's definitely a vacuum going on. But one other thing I wanted to transition into really quick, which I considered, uh, you know, a bright spot at a time when it's very hard to find them uh, in the city of Uvalde, uh, which is, of course, part of your district, Texas 23. Did I read that the Oakland Raiders, now the Las Vegas Raiders, donated $1 million towards school security in Uvalde? Isn't that incredible? You're exactly right, man. And, you know, there's a local connection there. But it is absolutely incredible the outpour of folks that are willing to to be helpful and just lend a hand as as we try to rebuild. And and look, look, Jimmy, the the chaos hasn't stopped. Mm -hmm. You know, going back to the border to link it a little bit more is, look, Uvalde is 80 miles from the border. Mm -hmm. We were burying our last uh, child uh, on Thursday. Well, as this funeral was going on, there's a high-speed chase that, that goes right through the middle of town because of this border crisis. That's crazy. So, I mean, it, like, it, we're not out of the woods yet, but it, is, it has been encouraging to see the community come together and people from all over the country just lend a hand. And you know what? It's needed, man. It's yeah. needed now more than ever as we try to heal and get whole again. Yeah, it's 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 it was a it was a nice story from the Raiders, and uh, I read that along with the fact that you were fighting for more mental health funding, and uh, I definitely think that's something that really does need to be prioritized. Are you sensing in D.C. Okay, because I know there's a lot of spirited gun debate, um, but are you yeah. sensing in D.C. a genuine appetite to prioritize mental health, or are some people just giving it lip service? No, I think I, – look, you're going to see you – know, this, this, whole, this whole gun package mm-hmm. that the Senate is putting mm-hmm. together, it's not a gun package. Mm-hmm. It's a mental health package. You're going to okay. see it's going to be 7 or $8 billion, mm-hmm. literally the largest investment in mental health 
uh, in our nation's history. What I worry about is, look, that bill is going to get through. It's going to get signed into law. Uh, it's not going to infringe on anybody's rights. That's important to me. Uh, but, but what I worry about is this, is once that money is, is appropriated, is it going to make it down to the Uvaldes of the world? Because yeah. there's this divide, this urban and rural divide. And look, little communities, they don't have grant writers. Mm-hmm. They, don't have some, they don't have fancy lobbyists to go advocate for them. So that's the part where I'm, I'm, I'm working on to go. I had a call with uh, my superintendents today to go, lady, let's work together when this money comes through to make sure that that money makes it down to our district. So that yeah. way we're getting the mental health resources we need and our kids are protected. Yeah, no, listen, I, I think that's phenomenal that you're being proactive about this because I think you have to be. But you want to yeah. know, I mean, listen, man, you're holding it together. And, and you know, with, with six kids on Father's Day, like, you must lead the league in macaroni necklaces by now, no? <laughs> and you know what? I got a nice card with finger paints, uh, hand, <laughs> hand paints. That uh-huh. said, you know, happy Father's Day with everybody's hands on it. Uh-huh. We got a lot. We got a lot going on the fridge, no doubt. Oh uh, well, I, you want to laugh really quick then, and we'll close on this. You know, every kid, and I did this too for my parents. You know, you make the art for the holiday. You can get away yep. with making yep. them a card. And I yep. really, one of the most beneficial things to me as a guy who creates for a living and and has to self edit is when I was in third grade, my mom threw out like one of my Mother's Day cards. And I was like, wow, I'm so bad at art. Not even like a mom would hold on to this. But it made me a better artist going forward because I was like, wow, if you can't even last on the fridge, how are you going to last in the real world? I considered it helpful. So if you have a kid that you think is, you know, aspiring to do something in the creative process, throw out one of these cards and make sure they know you did. And it'll get it'll it'll motivate them like never before. You know, you know, I love that. that. I think that's solid advice, Jimmy, and I appreciate it. You know, look, I've got a standing rule that every day you got to fight to be my favorite, and I just don't know who it's going to be today. You know, so <laughs> I love it. I think it creates competition is healthy. Thank I you. Think it creates, you know, little little. Uh, Little uh, productive members of society. I didn't realize the Gonzalez family is like a BCS rankings where the coaches poll comes out in the computer on Mondays. I love this. I'll be I'll be watching the updates. But this is this is riveting stuff. This is why I love talking to you, buddy. Good work, man. Love it, Jimmy. Thanks for having me on. You have a you take care, man. You too. The best. There he goes, Representative Tony Gonzalez from the twenty third congressional district of Texas. What a fantastic guy, and really on the front lines of this Uvalde tragedy. And fighting so hard to hold that community together. You know, we spoke in the immediate aftermath of the shooting on this show. And, you know, part of the concern, part of the problem, really, in this country is the city that makes the headline, the place that becomes the focal point and oftentimes inspires whatever the change is going to be, does get neglected in the aftermath. Like he was talking about how, okay, so this Uvalde massacre, which is just so unspeakably horrible, you know, they inspire – a rare bipartisan moment in Washington where they're going to throw some money at something like mental health. But if you're not out there fighting tooth and nail for your tiny district, you might be the district that inspired this bill, but you might not actually get any of the money. You might actually not be the beneficiary of the change you inspired in the country. So it's good to know you got somebody who gets it out there on the front lines fighting because that's the sad reality of our politics. Every time the government cuts a check, However well intended, every one of these vultures flies in from all over the place to get their own cut. And it becomes more about getting their hands on money than actually throwing money at the problem it was meant to solve. This is politics as usual. But you get a guy like 
Tony Gonzalez with all of his flasks and macaroni necklaces and his BCS rankings. And he gets out there and actually continues to fight after the news cameras leave town because the cameras aren't in Uvalde the way they were weeks back. You know, the media heat isn't there the way it was weeks back. But if you're a guy that clearly cares, you've got to keep fighting even after it doesn't rate on TV anymore. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. The critics have spoken. Well, that was different. Yep, lousy, but different. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Joe Biden, strolling the beaches of Delaware, was conversing with reporters a little while ago. I don't remember that ever happening. But he was asked a question about the economy and snapped. Uh, Listen to this one. It's Biden walking the beaches of Rehoboth Beach, and he is not happy with the line of questioning. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Take it away. Not the majority of them aren't saying that. Come on, don't make things up, okay? Now you sound like a Republican politician. I'm joking. That was a joke. That was a joke. But all kidding aside, no, I don't think it is. <laughs> so funny. Now you sound like a Republican politician. Come on, man. I'm joking. That was a joke. If you have to tell him it was a joke, nine times out of ten, it wasn't a very good one. But he doesn't know what he's doing. I got to tell you, I spent time around Biden at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. I was just so close to the stage, uh, mainly because I was dressed like a waiter. And people just thought I was like, they're working the room. They're like, you could sit this guy up front. He's got tables to get to. But, um, you know, my Uncle Sonny, who recently left us, uh, who was in a memory care facility for a little over a year uh, before he succumbed to a series of strokes. You know, best guy I ever knew. I told you, my Uncle Sonny had the kind of wild life, just the hilarious life that you didn't even mourn it when he died. You're just glad it happened. You just thought it was funny. And I really do mean that. He was just such a funny character. But in the late stages of his life, being around him in a state of aggressive cognitive decline, I saw so many things that mirror what you see in Biden. You know, guy starts a sentence but forgets what he's talking about. You know, weird fits of anger where the anger doesn't match the situation. You know the clip we played last week about Biden when he starts yelling, huh? I don't care about, you know, my aggressive spending. We're changing people's lives. And, like, no one had even asked him about it. He just started yelling. You know, he has these fits, these fits of energy, which are oftentimes paralleled uh, to fits of anger. You know, when I was at the Correspondence Dinner, it's weird, but they were playing a montage for journalists who had died covering the war in Ukraine. And we were like not even, I would say, halfway into the montage. So they still had names and and memorials for us to highlight. And Biden just randomly stood up in the middle of the room and started clapping. And he started clapping so violently that Kennedy and I thought his hands were going to fly off. Have you ever seen one of those monkey toys where the monkey plays the cymbals and it's smashing the cymbals together? Well, he started smashing his hands together so violently quickly. And the rest of the room, actually, I'm sure there's footage of it out there, uh, eventually joined him and stood and applauded these fallen journalists. And they were worthy of applause and they should be applauded. They should be highlighted. Their lives should be celebrated. But there was a physical mannerism that anyone in the room witnessed was like, yeah, there's something weird here. 
And that's what happens a lot of times when you see Biden giving speeches these days. In the rare occasion where they let this guy speak publicly, he'll often just fly off the handle with like a fit of anger that doesn't belong contextually to the conversation that's taking place. I think people find that to be the case oftentimes with this guy. But when he snaps on a reporter there, which, again, sounds like a jovial snap more than anything. But come on, man. Now you sound like a Republican politician. Not that many people are saying a recession is inevitable. Yo, we're already in a recession for all intents and purposes. Okay, when inflation is higher than wage growth, the economy is going backwards. When GDP shrinks by 0.2 percent, the economy is going backwards. I admire your honesty. So when he's trying to pivot to come on, man, don't say that. What are you talking about? Oh, Lordy Lord, he's desperate. He wants to change the conversation. It's no different than when they're attacking border agents for whipping migrants they didn't whip. Okay, they'd rather talk about the fake story than the real one, which is their failure. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. We are back in action on a Monday, fired up for a big hour of Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. We're going to be talking with Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich about his recent visit to our southern border. Uh, We're also going to get into some revelations out of the Biden administration as it pertains to the economy. And we're going to have another talk about the imaginary threat of white supremacist fascism in the Republican Party. It's a weird clip I'm going to play you from MSNBC, which is racing CNN to the bottom in this country. Uh, We'll get into that as well as anything on your mind. You know, Fox Cross America is very much the country's family meeting. I am the radio deadbeat dad at the head of the table that can barely hold it together. Uh, But here we are. If you want to sing back up, 888-788-9910. You know the rules. You can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. Just don't be a I'm on Gutfeld tonight. If you're just joining us, it's at 11 o'clock on the Fox News channel. So congratulations in advance to them on the huge ratings bounce. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. Caitlyn Jenner is going to be in the house. You've heard her on this show in the past. She is a wild time. Great radio. Great hang. But I don't know that anybody is a better hang than our first guest in this hour. We happened to meet her this past Friday at a place called the Spanked Puppy up in Colchester, Vermont. It was a wild time if you made it. Uh, it was awesome. Just I, I love the Fox Cross America crowd. Everybody's cool. Everybody's funny. You know, everybody has a lot of jokes about the, my wardrobe and Mikey and the show and a lot of questions about Lincoln and Jenny. And it really was amazing. But if anybody stole the show, I stole the show. Uh, it was our next guest, Dusty, who joins us now on the phone. Yo, Dusty. Hey, Jimmy, how's that going? <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still catching my breath from partying with you and the VMT listeners. Um, Dusty, you were a wild child Friday night. What was going on there? Oh, well, I think just a little bit, uh, you know, in the in the scene with the tequila and the shots of whiskey. So just trying to keep you uh, from getting dry. D- Dusty, you almost killed me with the tequila. You almost killed me by the end of the night when I went inside to have dinner. Uh, if I hadn't eaten that food, I might have spent the night in the wood chips behind the spanked puppy. So, so you got to go. You got to go easy. But when we left off, Dusty, I just have one question. Uh, I believe you had announced uh, to our traveling team that you were heading home, and it was going to be quite the evening uh, for your man after meeting yeah. me. Did any of that come to fruition? 
well, we can't discuss that because that's uh, that's um, you would have to do too many bleats. Uh, so we don't, we don't that's a there. yes, Dusty. That's a yes. That's a yes. <laughs> Fox Across America is now now we can market ourselves as an aphrodisiac to boot. Is that what you're telling me? Exactly, and you were quite the um, had quite the you were awesome. It was so great to see you up there, and you know I just want to really thank you for all of the autograph signing and uh, the photographs, and just uh, you enlightened the spank puppy to uh, a different scene there. Oh, Dusty, it was it was awesome, and I, I I guess you now you've heard me on the radio say in the past that I love doing events with our listeners, but now you really do know why. Everybody's as awesome as you are. They're just they're fun loving. Well, we're going to have to get you back up here before the fall sets in. <laughs> Listen, I'd be into it, but there's going to be a rash of new babies all over Burlington if we keep showing up with this aphrodisiac juice. But uh, well, we'll, we'll make it work. I'll, I'll just have to get you your good whiskey and a good ride. <laughs> Listen, you did. Your work, Dusty, your work is done. Okay, your work is beyond done. You were you were an epic, an epic hang, and so was everybody else. It really was an amazing, it was just such an amazing time. So, yeah, count on it. We'll be back there uh, for sure. But go easy on your man. I mean, it, it sounded like you were going to be a lot to handle, and from what you're telling me, you were. I can be a lot to handle. You know, it all depends on how many shots of tequila I have. <laughs> Dusty, I'm blushing a second time. Congratulations, girlfriend. I'll talk to you again yes, soon. I, 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 I hope you got that Trump ornament up by your mic. Oh, listen, I have it all. You've all of your everything made it back here. OK, including Trump is actually in my office right now, but he's going to okay. be uh, he'll be on the table when I make complete the delivery. Because, if you know, you, I was sent home with so much stuff that we're still sorting through syrup and shirts and hats and challenge coins. But I got everything you gave me. So, yes, it's, it's it'll be here. I just didn't want to put it on on mic today because I didn't want more flashbacks to all the tequila you pumped into me but here you yeah. are on the phone a living breathing flashback so i might as well just buck it up and go get the ornament so dusty well, thank i you. just might have a shot before, um <laughs> a little later on this afternoon maybe maybe a bottle i don't know <laughs> <laughs> some some people are wondering if you already had one dusty but not you you'd never do such a thing well, uh, it's 5 o'clock somewhere. There it is. There's our girl. And by 5 o'clock, she means 5 a.m. Uh, Dusty, we love you. Let's do it again soon, girlfriend. Okay. Have a good one. Bye-bye. You, you too. There she goes, the great Dusty, who is now a legend. Every time we travel with the show, someone takes on legendary status. You know, we had a legend down in Tampa we hung out with. I don't, I don't know that she wants to be named on the air, but was such a good hang and her and her boyfriend and the whole crew – uh, but we always come back as a team and talk about the individual people we meet. And there's always one of you that's even crazier than we are. And we're nuts. So understand, we're not passing judgment. We're like, oh, that person's nuts. We're nuts. That's the hook of the show. So Dusty and, and all the other crazies out there that have made the grade at these meet and greets know that you are very much missed and appreciated. Nobody crazier in this moment, though, than Fernanda Mondi who was on MSNBC over the weekend. And this is where we're at in the Democratic Party. And I wanted to get into this clip for a minute because it's just so illustrative of what they're now reduced to. Okay, the Democrats are telling us they had this under control. If you remember when Biden got elected, his allies in the media with a straight face were telling us, oh, the adults are back in the room. Everything's going to be fine now. Wrong. But this is what they said. Anybody who has any... Um connection to reality about what is going on around them should have watched that and said the adults are back in the room it, it seems as though we have a 
uh, a professional adult once again in the White House who's just simply doing the work. Really, the, the theme, I would say, is the adults are back. Still, it is a relief to have adults in charge. Now we have adults in the White House. Okay, the adults are back in the room. Um, there is a sense, I think, the world over that the adults have returned. We have an adult in the White House now, and it's glorious. <laughs> we have an adult in the White House and Joe Biden, and it's glorious. Yo, he has it. Listen, I'm laughing because it's a coping mechanism. The guy's destroyed the country, man. He's destroying the country. Inflation's at a 40-year high, like literally ruining the retirements of people, not to mention the day-to-day -day existences of everybody who's not even close to retiring and is only getting further away from that pipe dream based on how crushed they're getting by the cost of goods. Compound that with the gas crisis. Compound that with the border and the record level of fentanyl overdose deaths. All of these things are byproduct of his doing. Okay, Joe Biden is destroying the country. Now, the people who said the adults were in the room are now, you know, they're embarrassed. Deep down, they know this isn't working. So we're starting to hear things like, well, it's bad everywhere. You know, you should see the other guy. You know, they know it's not working. But they've now been dragged down to this place because we're living in the death of shame. We're just acknowledging that it's not working is too much for them to bear. So with a straight face, they're trying to tell you that Joe Biden is still better than the GOP, the GOP alternative. That is a fact check false. Listen to this. This is Fernand Amandi on MSNBC with a straight face saying, yeah, I want to talk about gas prices as a matter of fact, because it'd be so much better if the fascist white supremacist literally Hitler was in charge. Here's this clip and listen to the word salad. And again, when you have the facts, pound the facts. When you have nothing, pound the table. Here is Fernand Amandi pounding, pounding the white supremacist table pretty hard. It's clip 10. Look, I'm also upset about rising gas prices. I'm also upset about prices rising. But I also know that it's Vladimir Putin's fault that gas prices are rising and the supply chain issues that continue to bedevil around the pandemic as we get back to normal are impacting that. But the fundamental truth is, Tiffany, if you think the economy is tight now, if you think prices are a problem now, if you think gas is a problem now, wait till you see what it's like in a totalitarian, fascist, authoritarian right. government, because you ain't seen mm. nothing yet. And I say that as someone who comes from a Cuban family who go to Cuba now, ask me about gas prices in the economy right. over there, go to Venezuela, go to Russia. What a loser. Go to Venezuela, go to Russia. As a matter of fact, Joe Biden is calling those places, looking for oil right now because he crushed the fossil fuel industry in this country. But when you hear the thing, okay, the desperate, the fascist, totalitarian, authoritarian government. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Here's the problem. If you're really paying attention and you're interested in an honest conversation, okay, if the GOP, they are totalitarian, fascist, and authoritarian. Let's just say he's telling the truth. We know he's not telling the truth. But let's say he's telling the truth. Play along with me, could you? That totalitarian, fascist, authoritarian government was just in power for four years, and we didn't have any of this. Oh, wow. Did, this is how, I, again, we're living in the death of shame. We didn't have these problems under, under Trump. Didn't have them. OK, we did have a pandemic, didn't have these problems. OK, the Putin price hike thing, 
Gas was going up for 14 straight months before Putin invaded Ukraine. So when he starts by saying this is Putin's price hike, that gas is rising. No, it's not. What Putin does in Russia doesn't affect a country that's energy independent. And we were energy independent when Joe Biden took office. Correct the mundo. Joe Biden declaring war on the fossil fuel industry, cutting production, killing the Keystone Energy Pipeline, put us in a vulnerable position where we now were potentially affected by world events like Putin invading Ukraine. We are only in this place because of Joe Biden. But when you hear him say, oh, if you think it's bad now, you should see the other guys. Like, with a straight face, you clown. With a straight face, you clown. (laughs) Oh, don't get me wrong. We suck, but the other guys suck more. You're the lowest form of life on earth. You're so ugly, you can be a modern art masterpiece. Are you little maggots? You make me want to vomit. I mean, is that really your pitch to voters in this moment? That's what they've been reduced to. Hey, we suck. But if you think we suck, you should see the guys who were just in power. That didn't actually suck as bad as we did. Democrats are so full of crap. Again, every time people yell like MAGA, ultra MAGA, MAGA Arctic Ice Blast. Okay, they're not scaring people the way they think they are. People hear MAGA and they hear no 40-year spike in inflation. No fuel crisis. No unsecure southern border. No 32-year spike in the murder rate. That wasn't going on under MAGA. It's going on under shameless jackasses like this who have now been reduced from saying the adults are in the room to, well, yes, it turns out the adults are in the room, but they lead the country about as well as they ride a bicycle. Critics are calling it the funniest show on the radio. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, maybe. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I almost had it. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. They're playing All Summer Long by Kid Rock, a song that I may or may not have listed as one of my best modern summer songs on the 4th of July special on the Fox. Uh, that, of course, is going to air on the 4th of July. But we were asked a series of questions in the run-up to the episode, and I might have put that on my questionnaire. You'll have to watch it to find out. Oh, the suspense is riveting. Uh, more shameless self-promotion. I'm going to be on Gutfeld tonight at 11 o'clock with Greg Gutfeld. But right now, I am on with Alan, who's out in Phoenix, Arizona, and is not buying what Joe Biden is selling. Yo, Alan. No, yeah, I'm not buying it because I can't afford it. But, you know, I think what, <laughs> well said. There you go. I, I honestly think what's happening here is that we're missing it. And I think this is like an internal competition Biden's having with himself on whether he can be a worse parent or a worse president. Okay, and if this was like Vegas money, the early line would have been on the parenting just because of Hunter. But I think that line has really tightened up recently. You know, it's just uh, I mean, everything's just obvious. You can just see it. The only person who can be happy about this presidency has got to be Jimmy Carter. He's like, I am finally off the hook as the worst president of the last century. Like, you just it's clear. You you know, what's funny. And then real. Go ahead. Just say go go ahead. ahead. You got time. Oh, I was going to say is. uh um juneteenth i just want to talk about this real quick and not that i'm I'm not against it i'm for it i think it's a great i think it's a wonderful holiday okay but the thing that confuses me 
is like, first, I don't know why. Why do white people get to celebrate this holiday? It seems a little weird to me. Like, mm-hmm. isn't this holiday the whole reason? Like, aren't we the reason why this holiday exists? I mean, this wouldn't be like after World War II. They let the Nazis just start celebrating like Passover and Hanukkah. Makes like, it sense. Just, it just seems like a weird fit. Well, I think, and I'll, I'll elaborate on that after I let you go. Um, but I, I think part of the reason is June. We're, we're celebrating it now as a, you know, the collective progress made that day as a society, a progress that was only possible because of a lot of white people who were willing to fight a civil war and and free slaves, you know, again. So it's like part of you could say that, yes, there were white people responsible for slavery. I guess this is a celebration of the ones that were responsible for ending it, if that makes sense. But the Jimmy Carter thing really stuck with me. Because, you know, you're right. Jimmy Carter now looks like Gary Carter, the Hall of Fame catcher on the Mets, compared to Joe Biden. And every time somebody gets emotional and yells about Trump, and believe me, you know I'm not running the Donald Trump Radio Defense Fund. But every time somebody gets emotional and calls Trump the worst president ever, I'm like, how could you say that if we didn't have any of these things under his leadership? It's like it was it was it was, you know, substantively, demonstrably better under Trump than it is under Biden. I mean, we had we had it so good under Trump. We were able to devote three years of our life to a pretend Russia hoax. We're not talking about any pretend problems under Biden except the ones they bring up, like fake white supremacy and stuff like that. We've got real problems these days, including the ability to ride a bicycle. So you get it, Alan. Uh, I'm going to have Mark Burnovich on in the next break, by the way. He's running for Senate out in Arizona. So give him a list. Listen, I'll tell him I'm, I'm, I'm campaigning for him here one call at a time. But great call. We'll do it again soon, brother. Uh, 888-788-9910. He's right when he says that Jimmy Carter has to deep down be thankful. But even that I don't even think is completely true because Jimmy Carter, for whatever you thought of him as a president, he wants the country to do well. Uh, but And there's no way you can tell me the country's doing well. There's none. Zero. OK, when it comes to the border alone, which is something we're going to be talking about here, Myra Flores, who, as you know, has been making a lot of headlines because last week she flipped a district in Texas that had voted Democrat for 100 years, 100 years because of the Democratic indifference to the Latino community, to the Hispanic community. OK, they think the Hispanic community likes illegal immigration. No, they don't. They migrate to this country to make a better life for themselves and their families. They don't want to be told they're oppressed. They don't want to be called Latinx or other made-up terms by white people. They just want to secure a safe country. But here she is saying straight up what we all know to be true. Focus on legal immigration instead of illegal. Clip 26. What do you want to see with regard to legal immigration? Well, I want to improve the process. You know, I do believe that it's outdated. So we need a process where it's, you know, safer and faster for the good people that want to come here to the United States and work hard for the American dream. I do believe that we need to focus on legal immigration and not illegal immigration that is only funding criminal organizations and, of course, also increasing uh, human smuggling and human trafficking and also child trafficking and children are innocent no matter where they're from. I think that they need to be our priority in keeping them safe. And the Biden administration is not doing that. You're absolutely right. Reality with a bit of insanity. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. We are fired up to talk to this next guest. Interesting fun fact. He is not only a superstar attorney general in the great state of Arizona, a superstar candidate for Senate in the great state of Arizona, 
But he is the man who taught Joe Biden how to ride a bicycle. Mark Burnovich is here. Hey, man. You know, we the unicycle, Jimmy, and we ain't talking about love, right? <laughs> you came in with a Van Halen tag right out of the That's gate. You guys, you had the bumper music, the Van Halen, man. We did. We Van, did. Hale, Van Halen won. Yes. You know? we, Van Halen, Van Halen. Yeah, well, you strike me more of, more of a uh, Diamond Dave guy, to be honest with you. I think you and I have actually had this conversation. Yep. I know that uh, some substances uh, erase your memory, but yes, you and I have actually talked about this. Yes, <laughs> David Lee Roth, because it's like the guy you originally remember in the band when you're growing up. Yeah. So you kind of, yeah, you stick with the original. No, I yes, get it. Definitely, di- definitely Diamond Dave. All right, no, all the way. I'm, I, I as well. I grew up in a David Lee Roth house, and yes, we have had this conversation. But back to my Biden intro, really quickly. Um, I, I almost I sometimes feel like if this was a different president, if this was like a Republican, and there's a reason I'm asking you this, that we would have got a little more news coverage of this bicycle crash. No? Uh, absolutely. I, I think the media goes out of its way to not highlight all the deficiencies. And my goodness, whenever that earpiece that whoever's talking in it goes out, um, the guy is incoherent. And we all know that. I mean, it's really kind of sad. And, and quite frankly, as an American, it's embarrassing. I mean, you know, obviously we're being mocked all over the world stage. And I think that kind of naivete and uh, weakness invites danger into the world. And I think that we're seeing that in places like Ukraine, God forbid, we may be seeing it in the Taiwan, Taiwan Strait soon. Yeah. That, well, that's a bad one. But I bring it up because, yeah. again, you know, you're running for Senate. Do you, is the, do you feel like you have the wind at your back when it comes to the press, or, or am I the only friendly outlet? What's the deal? Um, I will tell you this, Jimmy, no disrespect to you or anybody else, but I'm on your show a lot because you're one of the only guys that likes me in the press. So that's, uh, that's why I'm here. No, but it's, uh, no, oh my God, I'll tell you what, just really, just really quick. And I, 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 the, the 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 local newspaper, which I delivered as a paperboy for almost three years as a kid growing up here, they go out of their way to troll me and slam me. So if I successfully sue Volkswagen or I sue Google in state court, the first stage in the entire country, it'll be like state sues this or state wins big judgment. But anytime anyone says anything nasty, it'll be like Brnovich did this wrong or this happened or that happened, and and so it's um, they like go out of their way, and then they've actually referred to me as the free range AG. Times and editorials because I'm filing all these lawsuits to enforce the Constitution and, you know, to protect our individual liberties and rights, and they criticize it. You know, so when I file the first lawsuit against Joe Biden on the his unconstitutional vaccine mandates, they criticize me. We file lawsuits over um, EPA job-killing regulation. They write a nasty editorial. So, yeah, it's really um, disappointing in a lot of ways. And the thing about the press is it's not only what they cover, it's what they don't cover, and it's how they cover it. And I think Americans have finally woken up to the manipulation that goes on. Mm-hmm. And so I think people are a lot wiser to it. So thank goodness, though, for, I mean, and, and rest his soul, you know, Rush Limbaugh really understood this. And that's why he was really able to break through. And, you know, thank goodness for folks like you and conservative other radio outlets and, you know, Fox News, because otherwise, you know, we would be in much worse shape as a country and people wouldn't be having or getting the information they need. Yes. No, I, I agree. I agree with you there. The only thing I took umbrage to was you claiming that we like you on the show. A lot of people through the challenge flag. <laughs> yes. A lot of Mikey almost <laughs> tore his rotator cuff. We threw that flag so hard. I kid. I kid. Come yes. on, Bernovich. Yes. Mark exactly. Bernovich is on the line of <laughs> just joining us. He's the attorney general of the great state of Arizona. He's, of course, running for Senate as well. Uh, you were just down at the border because you're old fashioned. You care about the rule of law, which is not a very trendy thing these days. 
Uh, Biden did not pedal down there on that bicycle. Why won't uh, we've said we've had this discussion a thousand times. Is it really as simple as they don't go to the border because they don't want to bring it? They don't want to attract attention. Like what is what's going on? I'm guessing that Kamala Harris, even though she was a state AG in California, refuses to come to the border because she's worried about the kind of reception she's going to get, because it's not every day that the cartels get to meet their hero. And so I think that, you know, she would probably be nervous that they'd be like giving her a standing ovation. (laughs) The optics of that, the optics of that don't look very good. Right. And I think Joe Biden, you know, couldn't find the border with, you know, whatever the cliche is, like a a mirror and two hands and a flashlight or whatever. There's an old joke about that, I think. And so the problem is, yeah, I mean, look, they know, they have to know. They have to know that a record amount of people have illegally crossed into our our country, right? Mm -hmm. They know that they've given benefits, they've incentivized people coming here, and America's less secure. We know that just even last month, look at the numbers, Jimmy, for the month of May, more than 1,000 pounds of fentanyl, enough fentanyl to kill almost half the entire country, 1,000 pounds of meth. That's just what's seized. And then when you throw on top of it 1,000 gotaways a day in the Tucson sector, we start to, you know, lose track of these numbers are so mind numbing. And so that's why, you know, this entire last year when I filed all these lawsuits, I try to, you know, put these numbers in context. So if you look at what just this last month, another record in people, apprehensions coming across our southern border, these, these are the apprehensions. It's just under the entire population of Buffalo, New York in one month. That's just one month, the last month. And then you throw on top of it all the gotaways. And one of the things that one of the points – I have been trying to make is that, like, I was just down at the Chilton's. I was at their ranch, which is right on the border. They're fifth-generation ranchers. They will tell you they've never seen it this bad. They're encountering MS-13 gang members. You know, uh, they find thousands of items of clothing, carpet shoes, all this stuff left behind. And you ask yourself, if you know, if you're someone entering the country illegally, you can go to Border Patrol and just basically surrender. And now the Biden administration wants to allow, we have a lawsuit over this, DHS to grant asylum, not only immigration judges, but DHS themselves, the bureaucrats there. So if you know you can just surrender and get into this country and be released, why would someone risk coming in at night, crossing 19, 20 miles of desert with 100 plus degree heats, you know, wearing camouflage, unless they were doing something bad and evil? And I I said this the other day when I was trying to do this interview with John Roberts from the, from the border is that, look, these are not people. When people are these thousand gotaways a day in Tucson sector, mm-hmm. they are not coming here, you know, to work at hotels or restaurants. They are coming here because they are gang members and they're drug dealers and they're violent individuals and they don't want to be apprehended because they mean us no good. That's insane. Uh, we're talking to Arizona Attorney General Mark Brnovich. And there is. It's such a wild indifference to this because this is reality. This is what's going on in the country, whether we're talking about the fentanyl or the gang violence. And it's really weird that they try to just reduce everything. It's the politics are just so reductive now to, well, you know, you must clearly have some type of a bias against the Latino community. But that's white people talking. The Latino community is actually rebelling against the Democratic Party. I mean, when you're polling at 26 percent with Hispanic voters, I think they're emphatically declaring that it's going to take more than the word Latin. Latin X to win them over. 
But I don't think the Democrats get that. And that's the part that's so fascinating is people who come to this country legally. Uh, I don't think they come here to be told they're oppressed. I think they come here because they probably were oppressed back home and they want to be here making a better life for themselves. But they don't really seem to prioritize that. Do you feel like on any level your your opponent is is too beholden to this other ideology and is more supportive of the cartel than the actual country? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's why we call him Cartel Kelly out here. <laughs> he, no, seriously, he votes He votes with Joe Biden more than any other senator. I mean, it's like 97% of the time, and I point out to people that 90-plus 90, 90 percent of the time he votes with Bernie Sanders. I mean, those aren't Arizona values. I mean, those are East Coast liberal values. But more importantly, and I, I think, you know, it's important to note, look, I, I'm a first-generation American. You know, my parents lived through World War II. They lived through communism. And I I always tell folks that the reason why people want to come here is because the rule of law means something, where even when you're a kid with a funny last name, speaking Serbo-Croatian, you know, a public school kid, you can literally go from one generation, because this country provides opportunities, to being our state's chief law enforcement officer and at times arguing before the U.S. Supreme Court. And that, that opportunity is all based on the rule of law, having that consistency and certainty. And that's what I fought for my entire career and what I want to pass on to other folks. And we, we have an obligation because liberty, freedom is not something that you know we pass on to our kids in the blood. It's something you got to fight for every generation. And so I know, I, I, like my mom's friends, my mom's still alive, a lot of her friends, a lot of people I know that are, that are immigrants, I hear from all the time about this is not fair. Someone, in fact, just the other day I was at an event and someone's like, I came from Canada 12 years ago and I'm working on whatever, you know, their H, whatever visa it is. And it goes, I keep trying to like get a green card and they keep waiting and waiting. I've had some of my mom's friends say, oh my gosh, when I came here from Poland, from Hungary, you know, we worked two jobs. No one gave us welfare benefits. No one put us up in a hotel in Scottsdale, Arizona, and then gave us plane tickets to fly across the country to visit our cousins. You know, uh, there was a respect for the rule of law and that authority. And now it's just being completely eviscerated. And I think so many immigrants that have come here realize that this is just not right. It's not about immigration. It's about the rule of law. And I think we, me as a Republican, we have to remember that. that you cannot demonize immigrants, but we can attack the Biden administration for undermining the rule of law and his enablers in the U.S. Senate like AOC, uh, Cartel Kelly, and Chuck Schumer have to be held accountable because they're literally in one generation undermining the rule of law by decriminalizing and incentivizing illegal immigration. It's so true. And we're seeing it happen in liberal cities, too, with drugs, too. Like, uh, I don't have enough time to get into it this time, but we have to have this conversation one of these days because they're having such a just a quality of life compromise. It's been horrific under the Biden administration. But I wanted to throw one at you. One last hard-hitting question before you go. Did you see Top Gun Maverick? Yes, I did. Actually, it's ironic you say that because our family, my daughters, we went this weekend to uh, as part of our little mini Father's Day celebration. So, yes, we went as a whole family. <laughs> oh, that's rad. You got a Top Gun showing. I got my kids 13. He got me two cigars and some chocolate-covered peanuts. It's a home run. I mean, I'm not complaining. I was oh. everything I could have asked for. Let me ask you this. My, uh, my daughter also made me a Darth Vader le- Lego, like helmet thing. And I'm trying to figure out, I was like, is this supposed to send some message to me? She's like, no, no, because you're always so Sophia, I am your father. So I was like, 
I wasn't sure what message she was trying to send me with the Darth Vader thing, but <laughs> I got that going for me as well. So. Yeah, listen, I, <laughs> listen I, I was never doing that to Lincoln until I went on the Maury Povich show, and I was 100% sure. But now, yes, I do remind him <laughs> from, ta- from time to time now that I'm backed with Maury's uh, paternity suit. But, no, it's great, man. It's, uh, it's listen, man, stuff. you know I love talking to you, Darth Vader. Uh, keep playing good ball. Let's catch up again soon, brother. Right on, brother. Stay safe. You're the best. There he goes. Arizona Attorney General Mark Brnovich, a candidate for the Senate in Arizona, and a damn good one at that. Uh, I love talking to him off the air more than I like talking to him on the air uh, because he's a guy. This is my thing. Everybody you hear on this show pretty regularly, if I have a relationship with them off the air, uh, it's because they're the same person. Like when you guys meet me at an event, I always tell you, oh, you got to come out. You're going to be surprised. It's gonna, you know, you're going to feel like you already know me. There's nothing different. I don't have like some other voice or I sound different or there's this different energy. Like this isn't an act. You can't fake what I do. I'm an insane person uh, that I've somehow snuck past security and got my hands on a national talk show. And it's the same in person as it is on the radio. And a lot of the recurring guests on this show, it's because they're not putting on an act. This is a guy who's a first-generation American who has become the attorney general of Arizona, who is now aspiring to be in the Senate because he he really, truly cares about the country. We've had these conversations off the air. It's one thing if he gets on the air and he's like, rule of law, secure the border, fentanyl. But when a guy's talking to you at 1130 at night during like the national championship game in college or an NFL playoff game, and you're actually rapping about the same things he brings up on the air, you're like, oh, I get it. This is one of the guys who cares. That's what I try to bring to the air. Okay, I'm not an activist. I don't truly care how you vote. I just need the country to do well. But if I'm going to bring people on the show, it's because I don't think they are completely and totally full of And believe me, there's no shortage of people in politics who are. Back after this. You're riding around with America's cabbie. Taxi! Taxi! You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. If you're looking to save money on a bicycle safety course, get on down to the Joe Biden School of Cycling, where the only thing falling faster than the prices is the instructor. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. The Biden School of Cycling makes sure every tire has plenty of inflation. I want every American to know that I'm taking inflation uh, very seriously, and it's my top domestic priority. And we've got locations all across the country, including the state of dementia. I am uh, I am very willing to let the American public judge my physical and mental fil- my physical as well as my mental fil- fitness. The Joe Biden Bicycle Safety Course, because with gas prices this high, every American is getting taken for a ride. We're changing people's lives. Oh, man. Don't all enroll at once. It's the Joe Biden School of Cycling. Never has there been a better metaphor for a presidency than Biden pulling up and falling on his face over the weekend. And to be clear, I'm glad he's okay. Uh, Unfortunately, the country not okay under his leadership. Let's go, Brandon. Ha! That was just one of the many hats given to me over the weekend when we were up in Vermont. You guys were so great and generous and wonderful, and I need to call it out one more time. VMT was amazing. The entire cast of the Spank Puppy, amazing. Uh, In fact, I appreciate you all so much that you're all welcome to watch me tonight on Gutfeld at 11 o'clock on the Fox News channel. And again tomorrow. I will be on Outnumbered, on the Outnumbered couch. I will be one lucky guy surrounded by Harris and Emily and... 
Kaylee McEnany. It's going to seem like an intervention. These are all the people I usually drink with after work. I got to do TV with all of them surrounded by like, like that. I'm going to feel like they're actually trying to turn my life around. But it's not true. Uh, my life is running pretty okay in this moment, and it's because of fine people like yourself uh, that are not out there, that are not out there trying to create adversity where it doesn't belong, trying to divide the country over racial lines or, you know, Adam Schiff us with proof of violent uprising coordination that doesn't exist. I think this was my favorite thing I heard all day. Of all the dumb things we played on the show today, Adam Schiff, who went on TV for three years and said he had definitive proof of Russian collusion, let those three years come and go without ever showing us the proof. But he did turn around on Dana Bash this weekend and make the same claim. And to her credit, on CNN of all places. CNN is the worst. I know. I do want to credit her for pushing back. Here it is one more time. This was Dana Bash, and this was clip 21. So many people watching your committee hearings are asking, what is going to come of this? Is the Justice Department going to file uh, criminal charges? First question is, why haven't you given everything over to the Justice Department that they are asking for and they say they need in order to potentially do that? I don't think Congress has ever done that, and I've been participating now in several investigations uh, where there have been parallel investigations done by the Justice Department. Congress never says, hey, Justice Department, uh, other branch of government, just come and go through our files. Uh, We also don't say, hey, we want to go over and just rifle through your files. Um, When the Justice Department asks for things specifically, hey, you know, we're looking at a case, Mm -hmm. uh, we're investigating this person, can you give us what you have? We work with them, and we'll work with them here. You know, I, I do want to point out, The Justice Department has the subpoena power, too. They can convene a grand jury. They can bring in witnesses. Uh, Traditionally, they don't wait for Congress to do that work for the department. Uh, So we're going to work with them. We want them to be successful in bringing people to justice. Uh, But I I can't go into the private conversation. You shut your mouth, you bastard. So basically what he's saying is he has no proof. Hey, when are we going to see the proof? Well, we're going to get there. I don't want to get ahead of the investigation. Put up. Or shut up. He'll do neither because we're living in the death of shame. And I always say on this show, you know, you can be a Republican, you can be a Democrat. Don't be a in this instance. Just don't be an Adam Schiff. It's disgusting. I'd rather you be a. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.